Welcome to the Purpose Founder Podcast. We're so excited that you're here. This is a weekly recap of the Life Gathering that happens on Wednesdays at 1.30 Eastern Standard Time. Join our Facebook discipleship page and receive updates and content information and connect with people from all around the world. We're so excited that you're joining us today. So uh, let's pray first before I give the word um, and then we'll continue. Dear God, Heavenly Father, thank you for this day you've given us. Thank you for another opportunity to just uh, come together in this platform worldwide and just get to uh, worship you and get to learn more and grow together as a, as a family in Christ, God. Lord, I pray that you just open our hearts to understanding our minds and that uh, you may speak through me um, and that it just may be you and that we will uh, learn and grow from what you are communicating in this time that we have together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So today's uh, title is, Who are the Call? Um, and, you know, I always say this. So this is the time where you guys just pull out your notebooks or uh, and pull out your Bibles. We're going to have a lot of scripture today. Um, so you guys could write it down, get prepared. Uh, the reason why I wanted to talk about who are the called is because I get a lot of, uh, when I, when I talk to people, I get a lot of people who always ask for that prayer request. And maybe that is your prayer request today. Your prayer request might be, well, how, how do I know my calling? What is God trying to communicate to me? What is he trying me to, uh, what does he want me to do, uh, for his kingdom purposes? And that's a good prayer. That's a good that's a good question to ask. I, I would be worried if if you gave your life to Jesus and you never thought about what God is trying to do through you. Uh, I think it's very normal. I've been there myself and it's, I don't think it's a ever ending thing. I think that as we continue to grow in Christ, we continue to mature. Uh, it could look different in every season. But uh, we're going to start today in Matthew four, uh, chapter four, verses 18 through 23. 22. All right. So it says here, as he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Follow me, he told them, and I will make you fisher for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going, from, uh, going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James and uh, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, and they were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, preparing their nets. And he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father. Uh, they left the boat and father, and followed him. So today, I have four uh, four main points for you guys. The first point is what is a calling? It's very general. I mean, it's Sometimes it's something that, uh, you know, in, in the body of Christ as Christians, it is very, it's a, it's a word that we use a lot. What is a calling? And maybe you guys are new to, to the faith, or maybe, again, like m maybe many of you don't know Jesus and don't even know what we're talking about when we're, we're talking about a calling. Uh, maybe you know it as a purpose. Um, the second point is the called or found working. The third point is the called steward well. And the fourth point is, the called count the cost. All right. So let's start. Let's begin with the first point. What is a calling? So uh, the sub, uh, 
verse here that we have for this is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. And it says here, He has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the time began. That's awesome. Awesome. All right. So what is a calling? Uh, that is a question uh, I have thought of myself and and I've heard many people fathom. I've even talked to people that believe that they are beneath a calling, um, that a lot of people sometimes have shame in what they did in their past. And they're still holding on to that guilt and shame. And they don't they, they think that God is big enough to save them. But because they had such a dirty past that they're not that God just doesn't have a purpose for their life. So they're just content. I, I wouldn't even say they're content. They just think all they have is is just salvation and that they just continue to worship Jesus, which is great. But we'll come to find out that God has more. God has more for us. They believe that a calling is only for a few, and they believe that only pastors and prophets are worthy of this. What if I told you that that wasn't true? A calling is something that is said within pe uh, the people of church to refer to a purpose that God is wanting to carry out through us. I believe that we are instinctively created to desire a calling as we are beings created for a purpose. Even the non-believers ask this question, what is my purpose? As believers, we are aware that our purpose does not magically appear out of thin air. We know that it comes from our creator. Uh, callings come in all varieties. Our main calling is to God himself. So that's something I just want us to understand, that our first and most important calling is to God himself, to spend time with God, to be in his presence, to be in his word, and just Honestly, we're created for him and 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 we are sometimes you may have felt the void without Jesus in your life. Maybe, you know, many of you guys could attest to this. Like uh before Jesus, you felt a void. But when you gave your life to Jesus, uh, that void was filled with Jesus because we were created to for to sustain the presence of Jesus within us, to sustain God, to be in harmony with him. Uh so we are called and then we are called according to his service for his kingdom and this and this can look different from person to person there is a fivefold ministry in Ephesians 4:11 Paul the apostle writes he himself gave gave some to be apostles some prophets some evangelists and some pastors and teachers even when even within these ministries there's a different variation for example uh you have different pastors not everybody's a pastor of a whole church. You have children pastors, you have youth pastors, you have you have different pastors. Uh, um, and then you know, and so it, it could look a little a little different for everybody. Uh, then we have a great commission, and Jesus tells us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, so that is discipleship. You know, we were called to go and and fish for people and bring them to Christ and then disciple them and walk them through that process. And that is a calling for all of us. You know, that's one main calling for all of us. That's everybody. All of us should be doing that, really. Um, so we, we, we start seeing that there's not just one specific calling for one person and then the other. And I mean, there can be, but there's more than just one calling. There's 
there's a main calling, there's main callings, and then there's other gifts slash callings that God gives us to, uh, gives us as we continue to grow. And, you know, uh, uh, what I hope to accomplish is to help us realize that calling, uh, calling is a, is special because it installs purpose from our creator, but it doesn't make us greater than others. A calling makes us servants to God first, then, then to humanity, really. So, all right. So moving on. So moving on forward. Uh, the second point is the called are found working. I want to I want to make it very clear. Uh, I'm not saying that you have to work for your salvation. Um, matter of fact, let's read first the, the verse. Uh, second, first Kings. First Kings chapter 19, verses 19 through 21. And it says, Elijah left there and found Elijah, son of, uh, of Shaphat, as he was plowing. Twelve teams of oxen were in front of him, and he was with the twelfth team. Elijah walked by him and threw his mantle over him. Elisha left the oxen, ran to follow Elijah, and said, Please let me kiss my father and mother, and then I will follow you. Go on back, he replied, for what have I done to you? So he turned back from following him, took the team of oxen, and slaughtered them. With the oxen's wooden yoke and plow, he cooked the meat and gave it to the people, and they ate. And then he left and followed Elijah and served him. I want to say right from, again, I want to say from the beginning that we're not talking about works-based salvation here. We are saved by Jesus alone and by what he did on the cross and our faith in that. I am saying that while we were waiting for, while we're waiting for a response from God, it is good for us to be active. We see that there, that the disciples were fishing and that they were attending to their father's business as fishermen and to, you know, their responsibilities as maybe some of them were fathers. Uh, they were not sitting around being sloth, waiting for God to appear to them. In the same way, we are waiting for a confirmation to a specific calling. It is good for us to serve wherever we find a need. We are called to find an, a, a need and fill it. I remember when I first gave my life to Jesus, and I was I was in this place where I was just radical for Jesus. Like I just I was going like all in, all in, right? And and that was great. That's good. Nothing wrong with that, but I was just so hungry to to get to know my calling, my purpose. I was asking God, like, what is my purpose? I honestly, guys, I really was asking for like a whole year straight. I was like, God, what is my calling? And so I started going to this one church, and uh, there was a lady who gave me a word, and she was like, Well, uh, God says, God says that you you should just start. Just start, just start serving, just start walking. And I was like, all right, cool. Because I was, my thing is I was scared to uh, to start something and then not have that be my calling. And then I have to, I've invested so much time in that area and I have to go and start something new. And that that's not from the Lord. And, and I can tell you guys wholeheartedly, after I started doing that, I've been seeing how God has been aligning my footsteps wherever I go. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I just want to encourage others and, and, and just that, do we really think that God is not big enough to rededicate our steps to where he wants us? He can direct our, he can direct 
He can't direct our steps if we're not moving. In First King, we see that Elisha was working on, the, on plowing his father's fields. He was doing a hard labor intensive job. He was not sitting on the sofa rejecting the work uh, from his father because that was not his calling. So often we miss out on the opportunities that God has for us because we do not want to participate in work that we believe is beneath our calling. If you feel stuck today, why don't you serve your family? Like, why don't you serve, I don't know, serve your church. Maybe I know churches always have a need for more people to serve and more pe all hands in type deal, you know? And it might be somewhere you 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 don't want to. You might think you you maybe you feel like you're called to preach and to be on the platform. And maybe you are. Maybe there's a time in the season where you are going to be. I don't know. I don't know what God has in store for you guys. But if we can't even have the heart posture to serve wherever it's needed, how do we expect to even have God to come through for or or place us in those places? Um, if we don't want to even pick up a trash at the church or whatever it may be. Um, I, uh, so for me, I started helping wherever I could. Right. So I would set up, I would set up at, at church. I would help set up and I would help in the greet team for a little bit. Uh, but I would mainly just, uh, also, uh, set up in the stage and, you know, help take like, things that they needed on stage after, for the sermon or whatever it be. I just started anywhere, really. And that pro progressed to other areas. And I really started seeing God move me wherever he wanted me. And it was just because like, hey, they, it, one, one common thing was with my leaders and pastors, they would see me serving and then they would be like, hey, well, we, we have a need for, for youth. But we need a youth leader. So they would be like, well, Matt's always here. He's available. He's always just work in whatever we tell him so maybe maybe he he can do it so i would see that common theme they would always tell me that they would be like well since you're always here you're available you're, you're just you're just helping out you know uh they would they wanted me to be part of the team and again that's not i'm not saying that to brag i'm just saying that to encourage you guys to not be scared to move forward in what god is doing in your life or what he is calling you to because you are waiting for him to give you a magical prophecy or a magical uh, whatever, a dream of what you are called to do. Like God oftentimes gives us the bigger picture and then he gives us one puzzle piece at a time to start filling that picture in. We don't automatically fulfill the picture. Um, but yeah, so, okay. The called are found working. We established that. Point number three, the called steward well. In 1 Samuel uh, chapter 16, verse 19, it says, then Saul dispatched messages, uh, messengers to G uh, Jesse and said, send me your son, David, who is with the sheep. Maybe you guys have heard this many times. And and uh, David was with the sheep. I don't know if you guys remember well, but when David was uh, when when Saul was trying to look for somebody to battle for him or where actually, uh, you know, that they went to Jesse's children and he Jesse didn't even pull out David because David was out in the sheep and he was thought of as the least one of them all um but actually David was serving his father's house he was serving his father's flock and God saw his heart 
It is one thing to be a good steward of what is ours, but it takes a special type of heart to be a good steward of what is not even ours. David was a shepherd to his father's sheep, and we could see that he was faithful and diligent because later in the Bible, it says that David would kill bears and lions to protect his father's sheep. And that shows that David's commitment and heart to even risk his own life to protect his father's flock. It's not just about working while we wait, but it's about it's about how we work. Have you ever gone somewhere to, uh, you know, somewhere to eat or a restaurant and employees left in charge treat you with no urgency, no importance, no care in the world? And it shows their heart towards their job. It shows that they are there for only a paycheck. It is totally different when you encounter the owner and they treat you well because to them it's their business. So they want you to come back. They care to steward what is precious to them. It's even more refreshing to encounter a young person who, who treats you well because they value and appreciate, first, first off, you as a person and what has also been entrusted to them. If we were the business owners, that is the type of people that we would love to see work. I would love, if I was a business owner, you know, and I saw a young man treating my customers well, I'm going to love that young man. I'm going to be like, hey, you know, I'm not going to try to lose this guy. He's he's doing a good job. Not only is he working well, but he is also taking the responsibility and taking ownership of my business and reflecting a heart that I would love for 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 them to 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 encounter when they come into these doors of this business. So why wouldn't we think that God thinks the same way? We should cherish the opportunity we get to serve where we work, where we worship, because we do it as we do it for the Lord. When God sees us cherish what belongs to others and steward it well, he can trust us to cherish his kingdom and steward his kingdom well as well. Some scholars believe that Elisha came from wealthy family as his dad had 12 teams of oxen, which indicated that they had some sort of wealth. And this indicated that Elisha did not need to work the field. I imagine that he could have, have enjoyed his family's wealth, and they probably had enough workers to take care of the labor. Elisha wanted to get his hands dirty. It is apparent that he had the desire to ministry, or else he wouldn't have taken the opportunity to be under Elijah. Yet, we see that well before then, he had a heart inclined to service no matter what it looked like. He wasn't thinking about, oh, well, I want to be a next prophet of God. That means I can't, I can't work my dad's fields. He didn't have that type of attitude and heart posture. And my encouragement for us is that if we are really waiting for God's calling, that we don't have that same, that we have that same heart, actually, that we are the ones that go looking where we could fill a need where we could uh, get our hands dirty uh, and, and start, you know, picking up a broom at our church or, uh, you know, helping our, our elderly mothers and fathers, you know, with whatever they need. There's, there, there's infinite amounts of things that we can do in our everyday life to help others and, and, and serve others. So that, that brings me back to, uh, or that brings me to my fourth point. And the fourth point is the called count the cost. 
Um, Luke chapter 14, verses 28 and 29. For which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, after he has laid the foundation and cannot finish it, all the onlookers will begin to ridicule him. So this is very important because uh, sometimes we are asking God for something that we don't even understand what it will cost us. We just see other people doing it and we think it looks great. We think it's awesome and we want to be used the same way. Oh, I want to be the next great preacher of who knows what church. But we haven't seen everything that goes behind the scenes in order for for them to be in that place. When God makes his calling for our life clear, it is time to make a decision to accept it and follow him through the journey. In Luke 14, we read that Jesus is challenging the people to really think about the plans they are, uh, they are about to embark in. This is not to discourage them, to keep them from making the leap of faith, uh, as we have to remember that we are told in Christ everything is possible. We are told that in our weakness, he is strong. We see this common theme. When Jesus called the disciples, it and uh, when Jesus called the disciples, it took faith in their part. It cost them their future, their comfort, and the time away from their family. Elijah killed his portion of oxen for one last feast with his loved ones. This is symbolic because he was sacrificing his future in faith that what was to come was greater than his earthly father's business. Elijah had nothing to come back to if things uh, failed. He risked it all. And what he did was so awesome because he literally took his portion of what he was doing his future per se with the oxen and portion of the business and he he made a feast he killed them slaughtered them and made a feast for his people one last feast for his people that's awesome because it showed his heart of servitude it showed his heart uh, towards his family towards his friends but it also showed his heart towards God saying God you know what I don't know you know I know you are calling me to a greater future maybe you're not you're not showing me how it all is going to play out. But I know if you're calling me and it's scary because maybe you have a high paying job and I'm not I'm not saying quit your job. I just want to say that I'm just this is an example, you know, like ask the Holy Spirit for your situation. But, like, you know, you could be in a place where you, you're, you're living comfortably and then and then God is calling you somewhere that it might call you to require leaving certain things behind and. And are we willing to cost the co count the cost? Are we willing to say, hey, this might require me to have less time with my siblings, less time with my friends, less time enjoying the things I want to do? Um, am I willing to, to sacrifice that in order to achieve what God has called me to do? So we look at people walking in their call, and at times it can look glamorous, and we desire that God takes us in those same places that he is taking others. But we have not seen the cost that they have counted in order to serve God. The time spent on their knees, the time they missed in the comfort of their own home with family, the close calls that require miracles from God. Are we willing to take the sacrifice necessary to go where God wants us uh, to send us? 
Are we willing to sacrifice our desires in order to impact the people we are called to reach? Let's not be people saying that we are waiting when God is waiting on us to take him seriously. So I just want to say this one last point. And this is the most important point of all. And this is Jesus, y'all. Jesus. He is the main. He is he, he is the main one. And I've said it before to you guys. Everything God has called us to do, Jesus led by example. There was nothing that God didn't, didn't or Jesus didn't lead by example. Even Jesus had a calling. He had a calling to the cross to die for our sins, to serve humanity and dying for, for us to have the opportunity to reconnect to the Father and to reconnect with him. He didn't need to. He was perfectly fine where, where, where he was at, seated at a throne in heaven. He counted the cross. I would like to think that when earth was made and when humanity failed, Jesus counted the cross. He counted the cost of, of his calling. And even then, knowing that he was going to suffer such a horrendous death, knowing that he was going to be tortured, really, essentially, for, for the sins of humanity, and not only that, but also have the weight of sin, I'm sure we've all been there. When we have sinned and fallen short, there is a certain weight of guilt and shame. Can you imagine? It's already hard enough to bear our own guilt and shame. Imagine being on that cross, physically weak, and bearing the whole sin of the earth, and not just the people in that generation, but also the people to the generations to come. All the sin of the world on top of you as you're physically weak. That is that is tremendously that to me is is insane. Um, but so Jesus had a calling. He led well. He led well, and he saw the and he counted the cost. He worked his father. He worked uh, during his calling during his time here. He was he was here. He was uh, walking. He was healing. He was preaching. He was he was not stagnant waiting for the moment of the cross to come. Jesus was still walking. Jesus was still preaching the gospel. Jesus was healing the sick. So we see God being proactive, Jesus being proactive. But Lord, uh but but guys if 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 you guys don't know Jesus, I would love to take this time to get to uh show you who Jesus is. Isaiah 53:6 says, "All of us like sheep have gone astray." Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. That's what I was just talking about, actually, that the whole sin of the world and generations to fall on him. I don't I, I don't think we understand fully the burden that, that is sometimes. Yeah, that's that's terrible for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And that is Romans 6, 23. So we have a little, we have a little picture here. And to explain better, because humanity failed, um, there was, a, and sin entered the world through Adam and Eve, there was a divide between humanity and our creator, our father. And we had no way. For many years, for many years, and, you know, people try to um, find their way back to God the Father. 
And there was just no way we could have. There was no way we could have. We just kept failing and failing over and over again. But then came Jesus. We actually just celebrated Christmas. And that, I mean, that was just the birth of Jesus coming to this world, the light of the world coming to this world for our sake, with a mission, with a purpose, with a calling on his life to save humanity. And because of what he did on the cross, and we talked a little bit about it, because he suffered and paid the consequences that we deserve, now that bridged the gap between the Father and us. And through Jesus, through accepting Jesus, now you may say, how, how can I practically do that? How can I, okay, I see Jesus just bridged the gap. So how do I walk over to the eternal life, to a relationship with the Father, relationship with Jesus? How do I do that? How does that look like practically? Well, I'll tell you. Good question. Good question if you ask. Uh, it says that if you confess Jesus, as a matter of fact, let me pull out my, um, give me a minute here. So, Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says, When you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you are saved. God made it practical, man. He made it practical for us. And sometimes I've heard people say, well, is that really all I need to do is just believe that he died on the cross? It just seems so easy. Yeah, because Jesus did the hard work. He did the hard part. He did the dying and suffering for humanity to give us that gift of salvation. And all we got to do is confess him and believe. So maybe you're here today and, you know, you didn't, you don't, now you know who Jesus is. Now you know what a calling is. And now you're like, okay, well, I, I never had a relationship with Jesus. I would like to have that. I would like to confess Jesus. Matt, you just told me I need to confess him. How do I do it? Easy. Here's the prayer we say together. We, we confess it. And we confess him and we believe in him and we are saved through that. We get the gift of salvation. So let's do it right now. Father God, I know that I'm a sinner and that I need you to forgive me. I know that your son Jesus died a painful death and rose again so that my sins could be washed clean. Thank you, Jesus. I want to make you the Lord of my life and I will trust and follow you. Everything I have is yours. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for joining our Purpose Founder podcast. If you made a decision for Christ today, fill out the link below and let us know so we can send you a free devotional and get connected with you. We also want to remind you to join our Facebook discipleship page and get connected with us and people all around the world. Until next time, we'll see you soon.